Good morning. It is Friday, September 11th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. On today's show, I'm going to talk to Anna Hickey, insider for Clemson 24-7, about the big offseason that Trevor Lawrence has had. He's become the face of college football. He's become the voice of college football. He's a Heisman preseason favorite in runaway fashion. He plays Saturday night as Clemson number one. Clemson opens the season against Wake Forest. And I think it's pretty remarkable how far he's come as a leader in the last three years. Before we get to that, two other quick storylines to run through as well. Miami opened its season with a 31-14 win over UAB. Manny Diaz, they needed that. Derek King, Houston transfer quarterback, was pretty good in his debut, 16 for 24 with 144 yards and a touchdown. But the story of the game was what the Canes did on the ground. King had a rushing touchdown along with 83 yards. Cameron Harris had 134 yards rushing and two touchdowns. True freshman running backs Jalen Knighton had 59. Don Chaney Jr. had 52 for a total of 337 Miami rushing yards. That's that's phenomenal. And look, like people, it wasn't the cleanest game. It wasn't perfect. It was a slow start for Miami. But as my 24-7 sports colleague Bud Elliott wrote in recapping the game, Quote, it's clear that transfer QB Derek King and new coordinator Rhett Lashley have made the Miami offense at least decent. And decent is a dra- dramatic improvement over the train wreck of an offense, which has been on display in Coral Gables the last few seasons. Again, all those rushing yards, a total of 500 yards on 77 plays on offense and 6.5 yards per play which is, is really good against a, a pretty solid UAB defense, which had, had already played a game, so they had some live reps as well. We'll see if, if this rushing dominance can continue in the ACC as Miami plays Louisville uh, the next time they hit the field, but I thought it was a pretty good showing for Miami and, and a must-win year two for Manny Diaz. Ohio State coach Ryan Day released a statement yesterday kind of – taking it to the Big Ten for their lack of communication. He propped up those at Ohio State who have kept the fight. And he kind of asked why in the world his players don't get to play football this weekend. Said Day, the communication of information from the Big Ten following the decision has been disappointing and often unclear. However, we still have an opportunity to give our young men what they have worked so hard for, a chance to safely compete for a national championship this fall and later on in the letter they ask why is Notre Dame playing this weekend why is Clemson playing this weekend when his players can't play we'll keep an eye on that you know Big Ten they really want to get that October start date or the coaches would really like to get that October start date in the books but it seems like they certainly do not have enough support uh, from a majority of the university presidents all right, bringing Anna in right now. Anna, how's it going down there? It's good. I can't believe we're days away from the opener. Um, Dabo speaks Wednesday night for the last time, and then um, Clemson plays Wake 7.30 on Saturday night. So I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence today, and it's going to be uh, talking about his Heisman chances and and all that, but also just a conversation about the offseason he's had. I, I think he's really taken a, a leap forward as far as how people perceive him and how he's really become the face of college football. But just to start, like I want to make sure I don't like mislabel Trevor or anything like that. I remember like a year or two ago, 
I was kind of I was kind of hearing. I think maybe from you, he doesn't like being called T Law. And myself and Barton Simmons, we kind of started doing that when he was a freshman, like sort of as a joke. I, I think other people did the same. It feels like it's caught on. I think Chris Fowler referenced it in the Fiesta Bowl. So does that still stand, Anna, or, or can we call him that? Well, I think Trevor's just so laid back. Like, I think you could call him pretty much anything, and he'd kind of just give you a little smile and shrug his shoulders, and he's just so laid back about everything. You don't really see him get too riled up, especially when it's, you know, off-field stuff like that. So, um, I mean, maybe, t- maybe he's come around to it. I don't know. I just know that people are on the program, like, when you say it, they're like, oh, we don't call him that. Um, and I've never heard his teammates call him that or anything. So I don't know. I know Travis Etienne. I'll call, sometimes call him Trev. Like that's literally the only nickname I've ever heard. Hmm, Trev. Well, I like T-Law. Um, maybe in the media we can keep calling him that. It's it was it's like perfect. Like T-Law, and then we had Tua a few years ago. So anyway, back to back to Trevor or, or T-Law. Everyone is picking him now to win the Heisman Trophy. Justin Fields is off the board, and it really seems like. I, I can't even I, I couldn't even tell you who's number two. I mean, it's Spencer Rattler, but this this seems like the most lock of a preseason Heisman person we've ever seen. And we all know how the preseason Heisman goes. It usually doesn't happen, but I have a high degree of confidence that it kind of will this year. I just want to know like what what you're thinking with that because Trevor has. I, I think maybe we all accepted the fact that he was never going to win this thing because he was never going to put up the stats needed to do so. Yeah, I think I looked at it today. I got an email from Bovada. It's like he's plus 250. And like you said, the next guy, Spencer Rattler, it's like plus 900. And then beyond that, I don't even know what the pecking order is. But um, heavy, heavy favorite. And, and it's just kind of weird right now, I think, to kind of even talk about the Heisman race just because kind of the weird offseason that it's been. And every day it's kind of seemed like, okay, are we still going to have the season? Everyone kind of treading so lightly. Um, and now that it's finally here, we're talking about football and games are this weekend. We, yeah, I guess we are kind of shifting our attention more to the the season and postseason awards and the playoffs and all that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I think Trevor, he's just had such an incredibly unique offseason and not just COVID related. Um, I mean, you start at 2020, the beginning of 2020, January, he has you know, not a great game against LSU and loses in the national championship. A couple of quiet months, and then COVID obviously happens. Um, and, that, I mean, that presented challenges for everybody. And then you have the issues of social, ju- social justice happening, and then you see Trevor Lawrence come jump to the forefront of that among college football players. And, I mean, I don't think it's a – I think it's we objectively say that he's college football's biggest voice right now um, as it pertains to kind of – championing those issues and he's turned into a guy that I think a lot of college football players look to I know he's not the only one there's a bunch of players kind of adding their input but he's the voice that I think they look to kind of communicate that to the world whether it's through Twitter or whatever um then he got engaged this summer and you know and now he and then he had a kind of I don't think he really thought super seriously about it but he did have a decision to make in terms of whether to play this season or opt out and he talked about that yesterday a little bit and just said you know he doesn't want to look back years from now and say and and regret not playing this season he loves football um and said he didn't necessarily think it's more of a risk for him to play football versus 
not play football. Um, so I just think this has been an incredible past, what, seven, eight months for him. Um, and the Heisman Trophy, I'm sure it's on his mind, but I think at this point, I don't want to say he's climbed bigger mountains, but like he's, he's overcome so much. He's championed so much and his voice has become so big that I just don't, I don't know. I'm sure he'd love to win the Heisman Trophy and maybe that'll get magnified as we get deeper into the season and it's more football related. But right now I just think he's content with leading this team to another, trying to lead this team to another playoff appearance and national championship and and, you know if the Heisman Trophy happens it happens but I just don't know if that's at the forefront of his mind right now yeah I think I think if he like just if he gets Clemson to the playoff I think that'll be enough I think I think he's gonna put up stats but like he's not gonna have to light the world on fire because I, I do think Anna voters are gonna circle back to everything you just talked about like not only was he a marquee voice that one Sunday night and maybe saving the season. Like, I don't, I don't know if he did, but the, we want to play movement was probably pretty impactful for the ACC and the SEC and the big 12, but also the social, social injustice and, and helping to lead a, a march on Clemson's campus. Like, were you surprised that Trevor Lawrence used and found his voice this off season? And when I say surprised, I don't mean, like, were you surprised that he was supportive of his teammates and, and showed to be a good person? I, I think that's that's pretty clear. But I think for the first two years, and even when he was a recruit, he struck me as a pretty quiet kid who, you know, under Clemson's, you know, umbrella, you know, didn't use social media during the season and, and just kind of kind of seemed, I don't know, just like a like a great college quarterback, but this personality that, I really didn't know, and I feel like that's changed. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know if surprised is necessarily the word, but um, I think if you would have asked me fresh freshman year, was maybe freshman to sophomore years when I saw the most change um, because I think he got so much media attention in high school and in recruiting. He came in freshman year when he was doing interviews. I mean, he was far from rude, but he was super buttoned up, you know, yeah wanted to give the company line, like, you know, didn't really expand on topics. And then I think sophomore year, he kind of realized like, you know, he, he can open up about certain things and he started to do that a little bit more last year. Um, and he, he really took ownership of, you know, when he would play well, when he didn't play well, especially against LSU, um, he really owned that. And so after that, you could kind of see a changing of the tide a little bit. Um, and just how he used his voice with the media. Now, maybe I am a little surprised that he was so outspoken about the we want to play thing. Um, I mean, it, it was just cool seeing him find that, you know, whether it was that or the social justice or whatever it's been. I mean, he's, he's really not shot away from that. And like you said, he is a guy that's a little bit more laid back. Um, I think he kind of does his own thing. He obviously has friends on the team, but um, he keeps, he kind of just keeps to himself to an ex, to an extent. Um, you look at him with the long blonde flowing hair and you think that maybe he's kind of like the big man on campus. And obviously in, in a way he is cause he's Trevor Lawrence, but not in like the typical quarterback of a national championship team kind of way, like not in the Joe Burrow way, yeah. you know, or like um, AJ McCarron. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just kind of is a little bit more humble about things and a little bit more low key. So, 
Um, but so to see him kind of find his voice and use it, um, I think it's been really cool. Um, and so in that sense, I think, you know, this season is just kind of like it's the next step for him um, because he's already done so much this year. I don't know if if he's looking at this season as kind of like a do or die situation in terms of um, like his legacy. Yeah. Like yeah, I think he's already done so much and proved so much on and off the field that like, this is just the next step, but it's not like he's not putting everything on this one season as to whether or not he'll have been successful or he's going to be successful. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that we want to play stuff. The guy who, you know, stood to gain the least from playing this season. Yeah, you know, right. you know, wanted to play it the most. And if anything, there was a, a point in this off season before things got really perilous that it was, do you remember the, the content around the draft? It was, Hey, for next year's draft, we're going to have this Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance debate. And, you know, we saw a lot of analysts start to, to zig while others were zagging and, and say, here's why I like Justin Fields more. And, you know, I thought that was interesting. I think you know, I think it's pretty clear Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect in in twenty twenty one. But you had people saying, "Hey, with another good year, Justin Fields could could pass Trevor." While Trevor, you know, he wasn't as great as we thought he might be in twenty nineteen. Maybe he slips a little bit, and and then you know, instead you've got Trevor saying, "Like, I absolutely want to play." And and even when it was even since it's been clear that the ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve are going to play, we've seen opt outs like Jamar Chase opted out. So I, th- I think right. it's been cool that, that Trevor stayed the course. It's clear to him, or it's clear to me that you're right. It's it's not about the Heisman. He sees a potential to add a national champion, another national championship, to his mantle. Um, but like, and I I do like the the Heisman thing is just, I, the the Trevor Lawrence won't win a Heisman argument like from last year or from even two years ago forecasting would, would be similar to, to Tua where he just doesn't play in the fourth quarter and doesn't blow right. people out. And like Dabo's not going to try to try to chase a Heisman for Trevor, but I just don't think that's going to matter this year. I think stats are going to be so wonky anyway. If our usual Heisman threshold is a 40 touchdown season or whatever, like what does that look like now? Like 28 so I think, you know, Trevor will probably put up his, his numbers in, in a half or three quarters, depending on the day. And, you know, it'll probably be among the nation's leaders, maybe not lead the country, but the fact that he's on a playoff team. And I think more importantly, the fact that he emerged this summer as the face and the voice of college football might get him a Heisman, which, you know, Hey, if, if we're talking and now I'm really leaping, but if we talk, if we're talking two national titles and one Heisman, that's that's Tim Tebow territory in, in one fewer season, and I think that's I and and, and Tim Tebow was you know uh, uh, on and off or uh, you know part time starter as a freshman. I think I think Trevor Lawrence really has a chance here in the next few months to to kind of cement a legacy as one of the best college football players of all time. No, I agree. And to your point about um, you know playing a half or three quarters, and, and that might being being enough this year is if you look at Clemson's schedule, I mean, it's tougher than last year. So, like, example, for example, you go to Notre Dame on November 7th. They didn't have a game like that last year. So that game's pretty late in the season. So if he goes there and plays well, you know, that will be fresh in the voters' minds, especially if they play Notre Dame again in the ACC championship. Um, you know, there's going to be opportunities for him to kind of prove himself and maybe play four quarters and, and need to deliver later in the game. 
you know, you look at Pittsburgh's on the schedule, Florida State's in the back half of the schedule. Uh, Virginia Tech is the last game of the season. Miami's on there. So, I mean, the ACC should be better this year. And then you add in the fact that Clemson's playing some better teams in the conference. And I just think there's going to be opportunities to, for him to have those Heisman winning moments. Um, and we're not just saying, okay, he's putting up silly numbers in the first half and sitting and, you know, this because of this year, it's kind of wacky. He's going to win it. I mean, there could be some opportunities for him to just kind of win it. I don't know, even if this wasn't a weird year. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And it's going to be a fun season for him. You know, fingers crossed everything you know, starts off smoothly Saturday night, uh, tomorrow night. And, and we get through the end of the year, but, uh, appreciate you joining me to talk about it. I'm sure we'll check in again soon. And, and, you know, the, the, I, I just think the Trevor Lawrence, I think the storyline is just really cool. And, and it's been on my end kind of surprising to see and, uh, appreciate you walking us through it. Yeah. Thanks Trey. Okay. Thanks to Anna for joining us. You can follow her at on Twitter at Anna H two four seven. Uh, Pretty excited about tomorrow's college football slate. We were going to get an SMU-TCU game tonight. That got postponed a week ago because of a TCU COVID outbreak. SMU has already played. But let's quickly run through a few of the games I've got my eye on. I've got the schedule up here. Louisiana at number 23, Iowa State. That's on ESPN at noon Eastern. Iowa State is ranked. Great quarterback in Brock Purdy. Louisiana coach Billy Napier could be the next hot group of five coach uh, to, to eventually matriculate up to the group of uh, the power five ranks. Barton Simmons of 24 seven sports wrote about him today as well. ABC three thirty Eastern Georgia tech at Florida state, Florida state. We're going to try this again with a new coach, right? Mike Norvell. Can he get it done? A ton of question marks on that team, but a lot of talent, Georgia tech. I believe they were picked last in the ACC. I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen though. They they've got a decent amount of talent with Jeff Collins. Might be breaking in a new quarterback. Could have several new running backs. Rewind a little bit. I went too fast. Two thirty Eastern on NBC. Duke new quarterback Clemson transfer Chase Bryce against Notre Dame, the number ten team in college football. Notre Dame's in the ACC now, so you know they got some leeway. If they if they want to make the college football playoff, they could lose a game or two and still make it in. But I don't think they're going to lose to Duke at 7 o'clock Eastern. You won't be watching it. I won't either. But it's Missouri State at Oklahoma on pay-per-view, actually. I believe it's like 50, 58 bucks, 59 bucks for the rights to watch Spencer Rattler make his debut as a starting quarterback for Oklahoma. Got a lot of new names to watch for the Sooners on both sides of the ball and really not that much time to get going. Uh, and then 7.30 ABC, we already talked about it plenty. Clemson, number one Clemson at Wake Forest. Wake Forest might be truly the worst team in the ACC. Clemson should run all over them. And that's pretty much it. And, you know, you might say, oh, bad week two. And if we, we cherry pick the best matchups of week two, sure, it's bad. But it's college football. So let's all be, let's all be thankful for it. And we'll, let's all enjoy it. And we'll talk to you next time. I think Monday on the College Football Daily.